When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Dolphins of That Podcast. I'm Daniel Yafusi. That is David Neal. Thanks so much for tuning in. Quick reminder before we start, make sure to subscribe to the Miami Herald YouTube page. Like, share, comment, as well as subscribe to the Miami Herald. Uh, that one. No, that one. Now, your Miami Dolphins are back in Miami Gardens after a convincing blowout win of the Washington Commanders, 45-15. to 15. The win improved their win streak to three games. Uh, it improved their record to 9-3 and three for the first time since uh, 2001, and it increased their lead in the AFC East to three games. Keep in mind, they haven't won the division since 2008. However, that is not the biggest piece of news to come out of the week 13 for the Miami Dolphins. They have to wait a little bit. They have to wait Sunday night for the outcome of the Green Bay Packers-Kansas City Chiefs game. And they had to wait till Monday night for the outcome of the Cincinnati Bengals-Jacksonville Jaguars game. But after losses to the Jacks, uh, losses by Jacksonville and uh, Kansas City, your Miami Dolphins are officially the number one seed in the AFC entering week 14. Now... <laughs> Raise the banner. But keep in mind, there's still five games left. However, uh, the Dolphins, quote-unquote, control their destiny. Now, we tend to hear that term, that phrase around this time of the year. The Dolphins do. Uh, you know, there's only one game that separates them from the fourth seed currently occupied by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, but if the Dolphins win their final five games, uh, they will be – the number one seed throughout the playoffs and have home field advantage throughout the duration of the postseason. Um, they haven't been the number one seed in the playoffs uh, since 1984, so that'd be a remarkable feat. Um, winning the which final- was the last time they made the Super Bowl? Our historian David New chimes in. There we go. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> for you younger folks out there who don't remember that this actually once happened, <laughs> for the young folks like me, but uh, again, again, winning their final five games is easier said than done. But the Dolphins are right where they want to be, and then so we talked to a uh, couple of players, Coach Mike McDaniel. A um, little bit of a different schedule this week because they're hosting uh, the Tennessee Titans uh, on Monday Night Football in a couple of days. Um, but they said that, you know, their focus continues to be uh, on taking it one day, one game at a time. They have loftier goals in mind than the number one seed. And they'll take the next step on trying to capture uh, that top spot in the conference when they host Tennessee. Um, got a lot to talk about with that. Uh, you know, there was a lot of developments around the AFC outside of the Dolphins win. Um, I've got some injuries to monitor, uh, both within the Dolphins and outside. Um, as well as, you know, recapping a game that the Dolphins, you know, won and were expected to. But, um, you know, they began the December slate, um, you know, the way they wanted to after last year, losing five straight games in December and kind of having uh, a nerve wracking end to the season. Uh, but I really want to start uh, with, you know, this really big piece of news. Now, the AFC has been crazy competitive the entire year. Um 
But the Dolphins have steadily been improving outside, you know, after they returned from the bye week. Again, they're number one um, in the AFC. Um, if they can just win out, you know, they're, they're good to go. I will say, you know, it's we still we've talked about this for the past couple of weeks. We still don't really know, you know, what this team is really, really about until the final three games. Um, but I think that at this point of the season, I've seen enough or maybe I haven't seen enough to say this. Uh, if the Dolphins get the number one seed in the AFC, they're going to the Super Bowl. If the Dolphins do not get home field advantage in the Super Bowl, excuse me, in the playoffs, I don't think they can make the Super Bowl, at, at least from what I've seen and what I haven't seen right now. Hmm. Um, well, that's, yeah. uh, that's a, that's a big, it's a big statement, big statement. From uh, what I've seen and what I haven't seen. And, and, just judging the right, now, now, Mr. Oyafusi, please explain your logic behind so, this position. So here's the deal. The Dolphins have, by and large, and Mike McDaniel has kind of mentioned, he kind of alluded to this when he spoke to us earlier today. You know, the Dolphins have taken care of business when they have been expected to. Um, and, and they did so again on Sunday. So, and, and they did so in blowout fashion, in very convincing fashion. Um, and that's very, very commendable. You know, there, I know Dolphins fans will quickly point out that there are teams with similar records and in similar places um, who have had slip ups against teams that they shouldn't have slipped up against. You can, you can look all across the league. Yeah. Right. The Eagles. Right. You can look at the uh, you can look at the Eagles. You can look at the Jaguars. You can look at the Kansas. You can look at all these teams and say like, all right, they lost the game. I had a game that just kind of like made you scratch your head and say, how did they lose that game? Completely understand that. Um, and the Dolphins don't really have that on their resume right now. But if I, as, as I've said time and time again, time and time again, and I'll say it again, um, the Dolphins aren't playing the Panthers of the worlds, the the Giants of the worlds the Jets of the worlds or the commanders of the worlds in the playoffs when it matters most, they're not playing those teams. So me personally, I do factor in, you know, they haven't looked like quote unquote themselves against tougher competition, whether that's uh, the Kansas city chiefs or that's the Philadelphia Eagles or the bills who aren't necessarily the same team that they were back when they played them, you know, a couple months ago, but you understand my point. Um, so again, I, I think that they were, and I wrote it in my game store. I think that there were, there were, there were wins within the victory for the Dolphins, you know, on Sunday, where like you know you saw them, you know, be able to adjust and you know handle some some injuries on the offensive line. You saw them run the ball extremely well. Um, you know, you you saw uh, the defense continue to do uh, what they've done over the past month or so, even without Jalen Phillips um, and Javon Holland. And then they lost Jerome Baker who's going to be week to week with a MCL sprain or MCL injury, Mike McDaniel said. Um, but, but that's, but that's almost to be expected at this point. And it was funny. I was thinking the one thing that we've seen on the road that wasn't really an issue on Sunday was pre-snap operation on offense. And I, I didn't really mention it or ask anybody about it, but the reason why it really wasn't an issue was because, I mean, half of FedEx field was filled with Dolphins fans. So, you know, yeah. if you're going on the road, especially to Kansas City or to Baltimore or even Jacksonville, potentially, like, it's not going to be like that, you know? So it's like, I, I wait, you know, I always say, like, wins and losses all count the same, but they're not created all created equal. 
you know, all wins count the same, but they're not created equal. All losses count the same, but they're not created equal. Um, you know, this three-game stretch at the end will tell me a lot, and you know, maybe I'll change my my opinion. Um, but that's why I say, like, if they if they get home field advantage, they're so good at home. They're 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 undefeated at home this season. They have this crazy record dating back to last year. I feel very confident in saying that they they're if they are able to stay at Hard Rock Stadium for the duration of the postseason. Uh, they will be able to go to the Super Bowl. I'm not, still not yet sure and convinced that if they have to win one or two road games, that they can do that. But they've set themselves up in a position where, hey, if you can take care of business, you know, going on the road, you know, we've all, we've all said the Dolphins can't win on the road. The Dolphins can't win on the road. You know, they can't be, beat a good team on the road or whatever. You know, they're in a position where that could be all, you know, all immaterial. Relevant, right. Yeah, relevant. Uh, the, the, right, the question is moot. Yeah. Um, I understand. I, I, I mean, I understand that. And then look, the it is underrated, actually. I think honestly, and that the Dolphins are, you know, they have the record they do against teams that they're supposed to beat. Yeah, it, they, they, they not, do not. They do not. They that, do not. But that, that, every they year, have, every year, every year, there are good teams that lose games that you theoretically say well how did they lose that why do they lose why did they lose that one of my favorite stats of all time uh during the Steelers run in the 70s uh they when they won four and six years their record against teams under 500 was like 50 and one uh, which you can't find that on almost any other you know six year stretch for any team even you know the 49ers, the Patriots, it, it you know, every every year there's there's that game where you just you just don't have it. And so, you know, yeah, the do the Dolphins need to beat a team over 500 before they get in the playoffs just you know show themselves if nothing else if nobody else but show me yeah. show me it would give me I, yeah, you see see you see <laughs> if they if they don't if they don't show you that's that's okay, but you sitting in a press they need to know for themselves because they're the one actually on the field. <laughs> they're the one getting hit in the mouth and trying to hit somebody else in the mouth. Yeah. So, so, you know, yeah, that does need to happen. But okay, you know, the Dolphins have done this for almost an entire season now, and let's let's give them credit for actually, you know, doing that when, as we've noted, everybody else has had that game or two where you're going. What? How? What? How? Oh. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously, if you're if they're at home, uh, probably in you know the lovely you know lovely winter weather, which is you know fall and summer everywhere else uh, of South Florida, uh, you know they probably don't have to deal with any elements. Um, you know that Super Bowl, that Colts Bears Super Bowl aside, it is not the rainy season here. So, you know, you're probably not looking at a, you know, probably not looking at a rainstorm that, you know, screw up your passing game, um, turn the field into muck, and kind of equalize things, which is what bad weather does tends to do. Yeah. Um, you're, you know, you're just not looking at you're looking at conditions that this team likes to play. And it's, you know, it's no different than, you know, a dome team, like, you know, the Colts of the, the Manning era, you know, getting home field advantage and, you know, being a lot better 
you know, facing the Patriots in their dome than, you know, facing the Patriots in, you know, snow and sleet and wind in, uh, in Foxborough. So that's a perfectly reasonable, you know, thing on the uh, perfectly reasonable theory on that front also. Um, so yeah, this, uh, their potential for, it's funny how they this, this suddenly just kind of fell before them. Yeah, the, the 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 floodgate is kind of open. Yeah, the, the, there's a, there's a there's a path, not just like in terms of C, but in terms of like the actual conference. Like like there is no juggernaut. We've said this from there's no juggernaut in the conference. And obviously, you know, you know, we hate to see this happen on Monday night, but you know, Trevor Lawrence goes down with a high ankle sprain. We don't know what his status is. I mean, even if he does come back soon, he's gonna be hobbled. Chiefs lose again, and they're just not looking like themselves. It, to, for me right now, it looks like it's like it's kind of a, a I don't want to say a two man you know kind of fight, but it seems like it's, it's the Dolphins and the Ravens. Like it feels like one of those teams. It seems like they're trending where they're going to come out of the AFC, and it seems like that Week Seventeen game is might more or less decide the number one mm-hmm. seed and home field advantage. Like I, I expect the Dolphins to win, you know, the the rest of their games, and then that game in Baltimore on New Year's Eve is kind of a toss up, and it's like hey, if you lose that game. That might be the difference between having to go to Baltimore as opposed to hosting Baltimore. Um, that, that's what it's looking like. You know, the New York Times playoff simulator gives the Dolphins the greatest chance of all the AFC teams uh, to get the number one seed at 37%, whatever, you know, that means. But, you know, like I said, there is a yeah. path. You know, the next two no, games, uh, no, and then you get that tough stretch with the Cowboys, Ravens, and Bills. Yeah, and uh, and, you know, the Cowboys, Ravens, and Bills will all have something to play play for presumably at that point i mean the bills might not well, I mean, the the those might need that to, to get to the they might need that game to get to the postseason for all we know they, they might not they might need that game to get the playoffs or they might be already too far gone <laughs> uh yeah but th- that, that's still going to be tough the bills aren't going to end the season and just let the dolphins and, kind of coast into the playoffs you know, you know regardless if, of if, if the bills if the bills are coming to my if the bills are coming to miami with nothing on the line um and you know, and Miami's kind of got it almost so, got kind of got the home field advantage sewn up. I mean, or or is close to sewing up the home field advantage. I think that's a that's one of those games. Jump on them early, and you know, see get see if they get the U hauls out. Um, because look, that can happen. That's that's the way that that team's been trending, and. Uh, everybody else seems to be self-destructing and just in this division uh the conference you're kind of it's kind of funky like the the teams that have been playing the best lately <laughs> most consistent lately are I like the, the uh, wild card teams kind the of Dolphins. Like the Dolphins yeah the, the Colts the Texans, are the Broncos. All, also the Colts are in the mix yeah it's uh it's, it's yeah that, but that's uh, I'm sorry I don't I don't see any of those teams when it gets the playoffs and there is another level of it is another level of play it is another level of intensity it's another level of everything i don't see those teams i think those teams are maxing out to doing what they're doing right now i don't see them having that next level i think the dolphins have that next level 
I think Baltimore has that next level. I think Kansas City definitely, obviously Kansas City, you know, can sit there and go like that. They definitely have that next level. Or some of the players in their team have the next level. I'm not sure about all the players on that team. Um, so, you know, at Jacksonville maybe is finding that next level. The Bengals ha- have it if they can. No, they got know, a backup quarterback. I'm not really – I'm not thinking much. Of it. I know they. I know they got a big win, but they got a backup. I, I think there's a ceiling there. Did you see? Did, 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 could Joe Burrow have completed more passes in their backup? Uh, there's a, there's a, I mean, hey, if you're if you're if you're going to say the Bengals are going to you know make a run to the AFC Conference Championship game, go. I, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, they're not. They're not. I watched the Giants. I, I watched the Giants when the with Jeff Hostetler, okay? Uh, so, not, you know, spare me the, oh, no, a backup quarterback can't do it. I'm a backup quarterback gets his business together, and they there can be pro, there can be problems in the playoffs. Hey, man, if you want to – Problems in the playoffs. Hey, if you want to put a little put a little money on that and, you know, hard rock or whatever, be my guest. No, I'm, I'm – no, <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm telling you is to sit there and discount it is to be foolish and callow and not conscious of the fact that this has happened before. This wouldn't be the first time. So I, you know, and that is a team as a team, they've at the same, they've been, they've been to the Super Bowl recently. Not with so hey, but you can call it naivety, call it ignorance. No, yeah, I'm saying, yeah, that yeah, I'm saying if that if if that's if there's a situation where you can have a backup quarterback take you to the Super Bowl, it tends to be one where the backup quarterback is playing for a team that has been there recently and knows how to do it, and they know how to raise his game and put him in a place where he can do what he needs to do to get them there. I hear you. I mean, Sorry, I, even, I, real, I realize. I hear. You. I, mean, I, I even, realize. I'm not even sure if the Bengals are like in the playoff picture right now. I think they're. Like, I don't even know if they're in like. I don't even think they're in the. They're, they're kind of. They're kind of on the edge. They're on the edge of it. And do you think any? Really, go go ask go ask around the NFL who wants them to get in. Uh, Nobody. All right. I mean, a difference of opinion. <laughs> they will take the Texans every day of the week, and and three times on Sunday, all three early game, mid game, Sunday night before they want to see the Bengals in the playoffs. I mean, I, I hear you. I hear you. Difference of opinion. You know, I just you know, don't. Do I'm you just, think, the the, the, the Bengals and Jake Browning aren't really moving me personally, but you know, difference of opinion. Um, either way, I mean, the Dolphins might want to give. Hey, if the Dolphins end up with the number one seed, they might, you know, might want to give a Christmas gift or something to Jake Browning because he did uh, put them in a spot to do that. Um, and we'll see. You know, we'll see if they can take advantage of that opportunity uh, and capture the number one seed again. They haven't done it since 1984, um, but they have a golden opportunity now over the final five games of the regular season. Um, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back on the other side of things, uh, the Tua Tyreek connection is at its best, maybe all season, 157 yards uh, for Tyreek, two long touchdowns, and the MVP whispers are, you know, starting to become shouts for, uh, you know, the Dolphins' top wide receiver, but we're going to talk again, should he be in consideration for the most prestigious individual award in the league? Uh, as well as discuss uh, some Dolphins Titans coming up uh, later on on Monday night. Stay locked to with us, and we'll be back soon.
What's going on, everybody? Still here on the Dolphins in that podcast, talking all things Dolphins and a little bit of Bengals, I guess, with David Neal. Uh, now, the first <laughs> half, uh, we, we broke down the Dolphins uh, sitting in uh, the number one seed spot in the conference. They control it all. That's definitely if they win their final five games. Um, they will have home vote advantage for the duration of the postseason. Now, I want to no, not take it. It's the opposite of taking a step back, kind of focus in on uh, – a very interesting topic that has uh, been percolating, bubbling over the course of the season. I think, you know, it got a little more attention because of a standout performance uh, in the Dolphins beat down at the Commanders. And that's uh, the Tyree Kill MVP candidacy. Um, now, we've discussed it a couple times on this show, um, the merits of it. We know that he's on pace for the first 2,000-yard receiving season. Uh, he inched even closer to that with a five-catch, 157 uh yard and two touchdown performance two deep touchdowns of 78 yards and 60 yards might i say i might add um he actually you know i don't know if you saw the clip but after the game i think tua was you know kind of doing something on the nfl uh social media accounts um and tyreek got into the frame and he goes hey this is the mvp right here uh we've asked tyreek about the possibility of winning mvp he said hey you know I can't win the award because we got a much more better and important player to us. And that's the QB. He's, you know, pumped up to a uplifted tour as, as for from the moment he got here. Um, right. But no, it's just it, the, the rarity of his season and what he's been doing this season, particularly has got a lot of people's attention. Um, he's currently seventh in MVP. So it's not like, I mean, he's, I guess, I don't know if you'd say a long shot, but at this point of the season, I guess that's a relative long shot. Um, but it, it's starting to gain a little bit of steam, especially as you see no quarterback in the NFL having like a distinctive um, season that completely separates themselves from their peers. Um, obviously, Tua is the quarterback that's throwing him the ball, and this has mainly been a quarterback award. I, I believe the last non-quarterback to win the award was Adrian Peterson about a decade ago. Um, but I feel like if there's any year for Tyreek or for a non-quarterback to get the award, it's this year. And me personally, I'm not saying that he will win the award, but me personally, I'm, I'm really starting to get behind the idea of Tyreek winning it just based off the rarity of uh, and the, the the rarity of this historical season that he's on pace for. Um, and what he does for this offense, like, I mean, the, obviously he's, he's a shoe-in for Offensive Player of the Year award, um, but just the nature of what he does um, for this offense, how he opens things up, um, and just like the, it's just like his, his talent and his skill set is just like one of one. Um, and obviously there's so much that goes into it. And again, Tua has been playing you know, top three, top five quarterback and you know, top, top quarterback play in the league. Um, but I, I'm starting to get behind the MVP, uh, you know, MVP kind of, uh, you know, noise for, for Tyreek. I'm not, I'm not opposed. I, at first, I was like, I'm not opposed to it. Now I'm starting to kind of get behind it, honestly. And that's no knock to Tua, because Tua has been absolutely great. Um, but just the rarity of this season, I think, especially in a year where uh, normally a quarterback award, there's no, like, distinctive quarterback um, that really has stood out to me, per se. I I'm cool with Tyreek uh, getting that award. I don't think he will, but I think he should garner significant consideration for it. Well, okay, let's let's say the NFL MVP award is 
part of the reason the quarterbacks win is people interpret the award literally most valuable player. And and I and I usually do. And I usually do. And, and that usually on most teams is the court quarterback. And, you know, especially lately, the way this league is gone, you know, it's really hard for even a great defensive player uh, to, you know, to have that kind of impact on a game. Lawrence, that, was Lawrence Taylor? Can we take a hit? Was Lawrence Taylor the last defensive player to win MVP? Uh, I'm going to say you're supposed I'm to sure, I'm not a sure resident historian. You're supposed to know this. It's, yeah, well, you know, this, this, that that one might be a little deep in the hard drive. Um, I mean, I think... Uh, it was, Lawrence Taylor, 1986. There we go. Okay. The year the Giants won the Super Bowl. It went 14-2, and two and, you know... Uh, all right, now you're bringing out all the all the facts. Now you're bringing out... <laughs> Sorry. Um, but, I mean, but it also... But also, Lawrence Taylor... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, one of the most impactful players we've ever had in the game, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the level it took to pull it to that side. And um, so if you interpret it as literally, yeah, it's, it's going to be a quarterback. But if you interpret it as either the biggest standout player of that season or the player who had the most standout season. Yeah. It's not like the high, it's not like the Heisman where they have like the Heisman is like the most outstanding right. football player. You know, they have offensive player of the year and, and it's funny. And it's funny real quick. It's funny because MVP has essentially become uh, the best quarterback of the year. And then the offensive player of the year award has become the best non quarterback. And I don't right. understand that. Like if you're the MVP right. of the league, how do you not get offensive player of the year? Award? Yeah. It's all just kind of like weird to me at this point. I, it, 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 it is. And, um, I, I think if Tyreek Hill gets, I mean, obviously over 2000 yards receiving, which is, I mean, it, that's a jump out number. Even if he edges over it, it's a jump out number, right? Because yeah. it's, it's a barrier. You haven't, you haven't crossed it. Um, and, uh, and he does with a jackload of touchdowns and a high. And it, I want his yards per catch average. I, I, um, if it's a yards per catch average is way up there because it's hard for wide receivers to have a really high wide, yeah. yard per catch average these days because everybody's throwing the ball on third and two. He's, so, he's averaging fifteen point nine. Fifteen point nine. Okay, if he, if like look, if if he got over two thousand yards and averaged seventeen yards per catch, which which would be huge for today. Yeah. These days, I, I would I would say, hey, give it to him for Pete's sake. It's it's such a stand that those numbers jump out, um, you know, in even you know the the brute numbers, the brute yards, but also in the yards per catch. They say in an era when you know you look back at some of the older wide receivers and you saw these huge yards per catch yeah because they're not throwing, they're not throwing teams the, throw the ball yeah, on yeah. third and 3 or third and 4 yeah. you know they weren't they weren't just catching you know okay we'll throw it to him we'll th- we'll throw the little quickie you know screen to him or we we'll throw the quick slant to him for 5 yards and maybe he'll break it they did that once in a while they teams do it all the time now mm-hmm. and uh so it's really hard to have a high yards per catch and 
yeah, I, 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 he's affected every almost every game. You know, every, every game like there's there's one or two plays where he gets he gets deep or he he breaks one big and or if he doesn't. Or if he doesn't, he's drawing two, three defenders. And right. I mean, we saw that in, I believe it was the Patriots game, uh, the second Patriots game, where they're driving down, they need a touchdown to kind of seal the game or a score to seal the game. He goes in motion and literally like two guys go with him and Waddle is right over, over the middle of the field. So, I mean, it's not just like him catching the weather. Right. That, that's, that's the thing you can't even quantify, like how much attention he draws with all the motions and all the movement and whatnot. Right. And, 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 also with you know what he does and with and what Waddle does that also opens up so much for the running game um because you got to pay attention to them and you have Dolphins to don't run into like they they run, they don't run into into stacked boxes i mean teams are not throwing seven eight yeah. guys in the box because you can't afford to leave guys on the back <laughs> like a few guys on the back end i mean there's like it's kind of a trickle down effect that we don't uh, always really consider outside of you know the tangible counting stats but you know, I, I think he should. I think there should be momentum for him as MVP. And frankly, I think, um, as much as we, t I mean, it, as much as we talk about like you know quarterbacks and everything, we we see every year that yeah, it's important to have a good quarterback, but it's also important to have like a lot of other good pieces too. I mean, yeah. look look at San Francisco. I mean, Brock Purdy didn't look really that great. When, when he he lost Debo Samuel, Debo he lost Samuel Trent Williams. Guys were right, right. out of the lineup because of injury. Right when and when they get back, oh wow, look at how good he looks. Well, yeah, but he's playing well as well. Like it, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting topic, especially because I know, uh, you know, for our listeners and watchers who are like on social media, you know, obviously quarterback dialogue and quarterback discourse, you know, runs runs sports you know, football media and football talk. And I think that sometimes we're not nuanced enough. You know, I think that we, like Mike, Mike McDaniel kind of spoke to it and, and about how um, you can uplift Tyreek without having to like, you know, put down Tua and, and discredit right. Tua and, and vice versa. Um, and, and I think that there's so much that goes to an individual player success and then ultimately a team success that sometimes it gets lost in the shuffle um, because of just kind of preconceived notions or whatnot. I think that Tua, um, that's that's been happening with Tua a lot in the past uh, two years, um, or at least since McDaniel arrived and we've seen his play um, elevate. Like, yes, you know, is it is it true that Tua has been um, has benefited from the presence of Tyreek Kill and the coaching and the scheming of Mike McDaniel? There's no doubt. But you can't, like, watch – you can't watch, you know, the games and honestly say that Tua is not a, a more comfortable player, a more confident player, a better player, a healthier player. Like all the things, all these things can be true at the same time. Um, going back to the overall discourse about the MVP, it's interesting because again, there's there's no there's been no standout quarterback season right now, and I think that if you look at all the top guys, there's like there's just like one there's there's like one thing that you can kind of poke in the MVP candidacy. So, uh, you know, whether it's Brock Purdy and you say, oh, well, he's got a stacked team. And then you look at, you know, Tua and you say, oh, well, he has, you know, a 2000 yard receiver that's making life easy for him. Or I, I think for me that the, the real, the real knock on maybe Tua's MVP candidacy would be how he's faced, how he's fared against some of the better competition on the schedule. That, that's what it would be for me more so. And I think that again, over the next five weeks, uh, final five weeks of the season, especially the final three game stretch, 
Tua could, you know, start to stack up some games where you say, okay, wait, maybe this guy really should have been, um, you know, you know, the MVP front runner. Um, but I also wonder if when it comes time to vote, if maybe the voters kind of split the vote between two. Or like, let's say the Dolphins are the number one seed. And if they're the number one seed, there's a very good chance that Tyreek has uh, eclipsed 2,000 yards. And I, I want to, I, I didn't mention it yet, but I, I was doing the, 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 the counting. Two is on pace for like 4,800 yards, 34 touchdowns. That's an MVP caliber statistical season, like truth be told. Um, so if they get to the number one seed. Unless your, unless your receiver has 2,000 yards. Exactly. So, so <laughs> right, He has 2,000 of those 4,800 yards. So exactly. So I do wonder if like if we if they do, you know, get the number one seed and two is at 4,800, 35 touchdowns, but then Tyreek has 2,075 yards and, you know, close to 20 touchdowns. I do wonder if the voters, some of the voters are like, hmm, I'm going to give it to the quarterback. And some of them are like, well, none of the quarterbacks really, like, you know, blew me away like that, you know, despite the numbers. I'm going to give it to the wide receiver. And I wonder maybe that kind of divides the vote. And then it goes to somebody. Else. I don't, it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be really interesting because we still have a month left of football. But um, there's no one clear. Like, I, I don't like the idea of getting it, of giving it to the best to, to the quarterback with the best record. I, I don't like that. Like, I, I don't like the idea of that. Well, um, no, and I hope that it doesn't become that. Too much, goes, too much goes into having – too much goes into – usually, most teams, too much goes into having the best record. It's not just the it's not just the quarterback. It's – there's so much – you know, we all know. There's so many other work moving parts to a football team and in and, and winning a football game. Um, and, uh, you know – I. Yeah, this a split a split vote. I could I could see that like then suddenly I don't know pushing in a I don't know a Jalen Hurts or a this I don't know see a Brock Purdy maybe like I mean see, hey Brock Purdy is uh, currently the front running a corner draft. I mean somebody needs to do something about C.J. Stroud. That boy's gonna be a real problem for a long time. He's been cooking, uh, and he's uh, I think he. Uh, he might lead in yardage right now. The last I looked, um, and you know he's and now he's going to be doing it without one of his receivers broke his uh, broke something broke, broke his leg this weekend. Um, so yeah, it's very wide open MVP case, and there and there's there's not there really isn't. There's no runaway. Know. There's one. No, there's no runaway favorite. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's, there's no there's no runaway, and but. I do think if you have, you know, okay, Tua has 4,800 yards and they say 2,000 of those come from Tariq, that's, you know, you're just under 50% of yards going to one one guy and over 50% of your touchdowns are going to one guy. Uh, and that one guy is has put up numbers that are just eye-popping for historically – then maybe you know the the maybe the vote should go to the other guy, and and that's and you know I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So like, okay, fine. You know, so what? One year a quarterback doesn't win the award? Oh no, what what will happen? You know, will you know will, will the universe come apart? Um. So yeah, I mean it's I don't know. I I, I actually think find funny this the scenario you. You have them splitting the vote. And it reminds me. He comes in like American in Paris and gets the best picture Oscar. Yeah, I was going to say there was like a, some, I forgot, some old 1800s election where 
one party split the votes and they, you know, because of that, the other party candidate got it. It's like, that's, that's my, it's my fear right now. You know, we're going to have a, you know, dissension in the party. <laughs> but I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's like, again, uh, Tua is tied with, according to DraftKings, tied with Patrick Mahomes uh, for the fourth best odds, I guess you'd say. Terry Kill seventh. Um, you know, you got Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, all in the mix. There's like four or five guys who, again, could win the award and say, okay, sure. Like, I, I could see that. Um, again, we still got a lot of ball left to play. Um, and we'll see uh, how that shakes out. Uh, of more important pressing matters for the Dolphins, though, is their upcoming game um, against uh, the Tennessee Titans. It is a rare home Monday night game uh, for the Miami Dolphins. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, the Dolphins on a three-game uh, win streak. Um, they've taken again. They've taken care of the teams that they've you know been expected to. Um, but you know, Mike Vrabel led team. Um, Derek Henry under the lights. You know, we just saw a team. Uh, you know, and again led by a rookie quarterback in Will Levis. We we just saw a team with um, you know a lesser caliber quarterback. We thought um, in, in the Bengals go up. I mean, hey. You are the commissioner of the Jake Browning bandwagon right now. We just saw them beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, albeit with an injury to Trevor Lawrence late in that game. So you never want to um, discount a team. Um, and, you know, the Tennessee Titans at four and eight are, you know, not really in the mix for for anything. Um, second worst record in the AFC. Um, it's interesting because it's a, it's a national game. I think I don't think we've seen the Dolphins on the national stage in some time. Well, I guess two weeks ago. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, Black Friday, Black Friday, and, uh, and obviously, yeah. obviously, they they looked good in in that manner, uh, and you know, beating the Jets in that manner. So, um, you know, another opportunity to get you know a lot of eyeballs. Um, you know, a lot of times these nighttime games kind of sway perceptions and narratives and whatnot, whether right or wrong. Um, so this is an opportunity in front of a big stage to, you know, make a statement. It's, again, as the number one seed, um, you know, stay on top of the top spot in the conference. I expect them to do that. Um, I think that it, it it probably – I think it will be a little bit closer um, than, you know, the, the past two games. Um, but I do think that, you know, young quarterback, rookie quarterback, um, just not a really great offense. I mean, they have Derrick Henry, but I'm not, you know, I think that they have the defense to kind of bottle him up. On the other side of the ball, the Titans are going to be without Jeffrey Simmons, uh, their, their stud defensive tackle. Um, I think it's another kind of one of those uh, kind of boat race games, but, you know, it's it's a little close early on. I think that, you know, this Commanders game, uh, that was done by them in the first quarter. You know, I think it was 17-0 in the first quarter. I don't think that they go out, get out to that type of start. Uh, but I think it's, a, you know, 31-14, to, to 31-14 uh, type game, taking the Dolphins in a convincing manner. I am going to predict one of those old-fashioned Monday night football hasn't been here in a while. The fan base is jacked up. Everybody's going. Everybody's running. And the, ho the home team is good, and they are explosive. And they come out, and the other team is like they're in the like a noise and wind tunnel. And by the time they figure out, you know, what color jersey they're wearing, it's like, you know, 20 to nothing. And, then, and they're like, what the is going on? You know, they, they can't, you know, and they can't, and the crowd's going, they can't get their plays off. And then, and then, you know, people run into each other and nobody blocks somebody and they get free shots, the quarterback. Um, this feels like one of those games just because the dolphins, have, this is the first, 
it's been a while since the Dolphins had a Monday night home game where they I think it was a Jake. Well, I was going to say the last Monday night football game they had was, I think, when Jake Cutler beat the Patriots, I believe. It was a couple years back. Yeah. Was that 2016, but, but, maybe? Something like were, that. Yeah. But when they were re, like yeah. a, a team like this, and they're re, you feel like they're really good and they're re, and people are really excited about them. And there's just this, there's an energy and, you know, it's in December, you got everybody down here on vacation and you got the Dolphins fans from other places. Yeah, this is, this, this, this smells like, you know, buzzsaw, wind tunnel, whatever you want to call it. This smells like a massive butt kicking and, um, you know, all respect to, you know, the Tennessee's physical team. They always have been, uh, the, and, uh, you know, they'll, I'm sure they'll try to, you know, they'll try to pound the Dolphins, take, you know, take time off the clock, limit the number of possessions, do all that. Uh, but the Dolphins have a really good defense. And I don't think Tennessee's going to be able to do that to the, as much as they want. And uh, I like Tennessee's young quarterback, but uh, I, I just, I think this is, this is a rough situation for him. And I think it's going to be playing from behind early and playing from way behind early. And it's it's just not going to go well. I'm going to go like 40 to 14. Mm. Um, 40 spot. 40 spot. Yeah. This, 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 yeah. This is kind of one of those, just, you know, close your eyes. You know, you, you know, if you're a wife of a Titans player, send the kids to bed early. Don't, don't let them want this. You know, don't let, you know, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, this just, this just smells like too many Monday night blowouts you could see coming from a mile away. And, yeah, I was going to say, I think, definitely think they're going to win in convinc- convincing fashion. Maybe not that big of a beating, but. but uh, and the players, are, I, I guarantee you, the players are going to be jacked up to, like, you know, hey. Put on a show. Put on a show. Yeah, sure. Right. We're out here. Let's do it. They go come up with, I bet they come up with a new celebration, too. And, you know, they, they, they're. Everybody, we got the we got the roller coaster. We got yeah. the I don't know the Zumba line or whatever. Yeah, the con- the conga line still my con- conga line. There we go. Yeah. The conga line. So we got yeah. I was gonna say yeah. They, they, I'm sure they're, they're they're cooking something up for the big stage. But yeah, there might, yeah. might be a lot of opportunities to to to, to, to celebrate for sure on Monday night. And, and you know, but like like I say, you get it's it Monday night football and you know Sunday night and Monday night still they it, Monday night still brings that energy. And that special energy and that special feel. And, um, you know, when you get the fans into it and the team feeds off the fans and the home team's feeding off the fans. The fa- and, yeah, it's, like I said, I've seen this a few. The I, I, One of the things that is inviolate in my life is Monday Night Football. Yeah. Like, you know, like I, one time I asked my uh, then wife, I was like, hey, you want to go to Joe Stonecrab night? She's like. You realize it's Monday Night Football tonight, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah," but you know, I think you've been patient with me a lot of time. You, just, you said you realize it's Monday Night Football tonight. Say, so, okay, I'll go, but I'm, I'm telling you like three times, right? That's how like serious it is in my, in my, in my life. And like I said, I've seen this. This is the, one of those games you go, "Ooh, it's gonna hurt." Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Dolphins do have some injuries to monitor. I will say we haven't really didn't discuss it a ton because um, they you know they're they're managing t- their injuries. You know, 
weekly. Um, uh, obviously, the most pressing, I think, or the most commonly concerning is uh, Jerome Baker, who is week to week uh, with a knee injury, torn arm, said left with an ankle injury. Rob Hunt uh, aggravated his hamstring injury. So they got some some positions in flux, but I mean, that's kind of par for the course around this time of the year. They've done well adjusting. And Mike Medina said if those guys um, can't play, we've got guys who can step up and we feel confident in them. So we'll see. Um, a little bit of a weird schedule. Uh, they're pushing everything essentially back a day. So Tuesday was Monday. Wednesday will be there will be a day off for them, a second day off for them, and then they'll get things jump in uh, on Thursday. Uh, we're both taking the Dolphins uh, by multiple scores on Monday night. All right, that brings us to the end of another edition of the Dolphins in that podcast. I want to thank you guys, as always, for uh, tuning in. A reminder to subscribe to the Miami Hero YouTube page, like, share, comment, as well as subscribe to the Miami Hero. Now, again, uh, the Dolphins have a different schedule this week. Everything's pushed back a day. Uh, so not the normal Wednesday availability with Tua, Mike McDaniel, other players talking. Uh, they'll start their practice in earnest on Thursday. Uh, but definitely stay locked to the Miami Hero for your latest Dolphins update. Um, we'll be back and regular news. And regular news. We'll be back next week to recap another uh, weekend slash Monday night of Dolphin football, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do it the day after, yeah. But until then, you guys take care. See you. Later.